With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth of CONCACAF soccer, part of the DynamoTheory.com network. My name is Rudy. And I am Rodrigo. And today we are joined by a former professional soccer player and once captain of the Salvadorian national team, Arturo Alvarez. Arturo, thank you for being here today with us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're super happy that you're here. And like I mentioned, Arturo, you're exactly the type of player that we're trying to talk to and, and get to know uh, with this podcast and this venue. And uh, before we even go into your professional aspect, I think Rodrigo is going to kick us off asking you some questions about your youth. And hopefully he doesn't lag too much. If he does, we'll repeat the questions. Go for it. <laughs> so, Arturo, like we know, you're, you were born in Houston, Texas. Your parents, family came from El Salvador. Um, what's, what brought you to playing soccer? Like, when did you get started? At what age? Um, you know, I was, a. Uh, I started playing soccer at four years old. My dad would go, we would live, um, in this apartment complex back in the day. Well, it used to be Robert E. Lee High School. And so, yeah, I mean, my dad and his friends and uh, just a bunch of other, just people would get together and play after work, you know, just play a little like 10 v 10, 11 v 11. And I would just go over there and just kind of run around and all the kids would play like on the side and just trying to mimic like what the old, what, what the adults were doing. So I started playing soccer at four. That's when I got my first pair of cleats. Um, but then to say that I started playing like on a team, it was at seven years old. And at that age, um, were you trying to, you know, did you already know you wanted to play like professional? Were you just doing it for fun? Um, was it more like a hobby to you when you were uh, you know, seven years old. No, nah, I think at that age, I just, I, I just wanted to be outside and play, you know, I, I don't think I was really uh, <laughs> thinking about, you know, that it would turn out to be a career, you know, just, I just was out there playing, having fun. Right. Now, I totally understand. And, you know, like me and Rudy, we grew up playing, same, same kind of thing, you know, very young. Um, it was fun for us. We took different paths. And um, in high school, I, we developed a little bit more and uh, that brings me, I guess, to my next question. So you played um, at Katie. That's where you went to school at. Yeah. And Katie, were you Katie. playing at that? Right. So you were playing in Katie. Were you able to play in the high school team? Because I think by that time you were already um, more with the, um, I guess, more of a club team base. So I, I, I did play for, for, I played for May Creek High School uh, varsity team for about, maybe like one semester or so. Um, I was, so I went to St. Thomas High School my freshman and sophomore year. And then I went to May Creek my junior and senior year. And I mostly played uh, my freshman and sophomore year for St. Thomas. But then at May Creek, I was already, what, I was 16, 17. And then things kind of moved really quickly for me. Like one thing, you know, one day I'm, 
I'm with the regional ODP team. Next thing you know, I'm getting called up for the for the U17 men's national team. Um, and so it just, and then like a month later, MLS is calling me, asking me if I wanted to do, you know, sign a project. Back then it was Project 40, Nike Project 40. Um, later, later on, it became the Adidas generation, I believe. I don't know if they still have it or not, but that's kind of how it all started. So it just, I really, didn't play much at May Creek High School, like my junior and senior year, because I was busy with with national team and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to, I guess, my questions. I was going to ask you that, you know, at your, your 17, when you signed your uh, Generation Adidas, which, like you mentioned, it was called something else back then, uh, Project 40. And uh, you were, uh, and San Jose drafted you the 13 overall pick and in 2003, the MLS Super Draft. My question to you, again, kind of jogging that memory again, how's that draft experience for you and your family? You know, it's definitely something that the a draft period is more like an American thing, you know, with the NFL and NBA. But how is that for you and your family? Uh, I mean, I, I think we're all excited, you know, very happy, excited. You know, we just, uh, you know, but, but at that point I had already signed a contract. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like just kind of like going into the draft and seeing who's gonna you know take me, um, but yeah, I mean it was a, it was a bit uh, nerve wracking just knowing that you know it could be it could have been you know Dallas Burn it could have mm-hmm. been you know LA Galaxy could have been it could have been any team at that point, um, and so to be honest, it, it couldn't have been a better start for me to go to the to San Jose Earthquakes. I mean. It was uh, for me, for a young 17-year-old to to go to a team like um, with Frank and Dominic Kinnear was assistant coach there at that time. You know, Landon was was a young you know superstar at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dero. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm trying to name some some players that you guys, you know, Dynamo fans would know. So, um, you know, Dero, Brian Ching, Brian Mullen, Craig Way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it was it was a perfect it was a perfect uh, group of guys for me to start my career yeah and that was you like walked into my next question just how it was uh you know sharing locker rooms with so many of those american legends like uh i guess jeff agus was there i had dero yep. i had brian ching i have uh, captain america himself london donovan and and you know like that was just like you mentioned a great year for your rookie year and, and being able to win the mls cup that year too i mean like you said it kind of I guess you, I saw your face whenever you were kind of thinking about it and you're like, man, it went quick. And I mean, I could not see myself being 17 uh, and kind of going through that, that rank so quickly and, um, and winning that championship must've been really exciting for you. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, when I tell you that things just kind of moved quickly, I mean, I was in high school next thing you know, I'm signing an MLS contract and, you know, won the MLS cup, my, my rookie year. You know, I was able to play in, I think I played in about 15 games that season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was a dream come true. You know, I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a professional player. You know, at that, at that point, I knew what I wanted to do. And my parents, you know, uh, supported me. And yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing but good things, good, great memories. So that's awesome. I know in 2005, you were traded uh, by San Jose to FC Dallas, I guess, when it rebranded. But for a one, Brad Davis, how special was it for you to just play, you know, in the early Texas Derbies against Houston Dynamo? You know, it was, uh, you know, whenever I was in San Jose and I got traded to FC Dallas, I was was excited because I was coming back to Texas. You know, I was closer to home. 
Um, and then I think it was a year later, San Jose gets relocated to Houston, you know? Um, and so it was kind of like, you know, it's a bit, uh, you know, at that point I was like, man, I wish I probably would have stayed in San Jose. I put have been in Houston. I would have been, you know, playing in front of my family every weekend. Um, but you know, that's just, that's how just how life turns out to be sometimes. And, and my, you know, my time at FC Dallas was amazing. I mean, I, you know, I was, we had a great team. We, you know, great coaches, you know, I, I had Oscar Pereja there as an assistant, um, learned a lot from him. And so, you know, it was a, it, it was a great time being in Dallas. Um, I have a fun fact for you, man. This is how like small, you know, the world is, but, uh, you know, me and myself, me and myself, me and my brother grew up in like Southwest Houston. So we obviously attended San Jacinto college. So at that time I knew you more as Edgar's older brother. That's how I knew you as, cause you know, I would hang out kind of with like Rodrigo was able to play for San Jack. Um, and I hanged out with all that that little uh, group of guys that play yeah. soccer. Yeah. So that's how I remember. Like they would always, you see that guy right there? That guy, that's Edgar, his older brother. Like that's how we knew you. And uh, you know, so maybe something that your brother has always enjoyed all the attention, you know, received by association. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, but since then, man, like once we knew, like we there was like a hometown kid that was like playing professionally uh, for the MLS. It was just kind of like we. I myself kind of kept an eye on your career throughout. So I just want to kind of throw that out there, just being kind of like uh, how small the world can be sometimes. But uh, no, nah, it is That's cool. Yeah, man. San Jacinto always had good teams, um, you know, always fighting for for a state championship. Um, you know, I know my brother enjoyed his time there. Um, I went to go see, a, you know, maybe a couple games whenever I could. And I was in town. Um, yeah, but, you know, it was a. Uh, it, it would have been, you know, it would have been cool, you know, as as kids, you know, all of us were kind of around the same age, you know, for Houston to, to would have had a team from from the mm -hmm. very beginning, you know, yeah. but obviously things like that, you know, I, and I'm glad, you know, obviously Dynamo's came here in 2006, um, and you know, I think we have a great, uh, it has a great setup here in the city. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing we talked about in in the past episode, but um, so eventually you went. Uh, you played again with the San Jose Earthquake once they, uh, you know, they went from the original club being moved to Houston and they kind of seemed to struggle a little bit trying to, I guess, maybe find their identity again um, after, what, a two-year time period, I believe, that they weren't a team. And yeah. uh, and you even uh, played with Real Salt Lake. And my question to you, kind of moving towards Real Salt Lake, how was it playing that Champions League final against Rayas from Monterrey? I know that uh, you, if you could tell us about that experience. Yeah, Salt Lake was, uh, you know, it, it, it was a short, it, uh, it was a short stint with them, um, you know, just a year. And, you know, I came into the team and they're already playing in the quarterfinals, I believe. It was uh, for the CONCACAF Champions League. And it was, man, it was I mean, obviously, you know, uh, CONCACAF Champions League is a big thing for MLS. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I was excited. You know, we were, we could have been the first team to win it. Mm -hmm. um, we were that close, you know, and so Monterrey had a, had a phenomenal team. I mean, we actually, you know, we went to Monterrey, we tied 2-2. I remember I came in late um, in that game and I was able to set up uh, Javier Morales for, for the tying goal. I think it was like in the last, you know, 
three, like last three minutes of the game or so. It might've been stoppage time, I don't remember exactly. But it was just good to come in to, you know, a new team, you know, so far along in that competition and kind of, you know, help them a little bit. So, um, but yeah, that was, you know, we were real, really, really close to, you know, becoming that first MLS team. And, and that was a, a great team to be a part of. And, you know, I, I didn't have this written down, but uh, how close do you think the MLS is now to getting a you know like a team to actually winning that champ that uh, Concacaf final in your eyes? Oh man, I think it's we're close. You know, we're we're close. Um, I just feel like for some reason I don't know if it's just timing of the competition. You know, MLS is just getting started when it's the quarterfinals, semis, and all that. Um, you know, maybe game fitness is not there yet for some of the teams. Um, that you would expect for, you know, for them to compete, you know, toe-to-toe with, with some Mexican powerhouses. Uh, but we're, we're, we're there. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot more MLS Mexican team finals as of late. So it, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. You know, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know how soon, but, I, you know, I, I'm hoping in the next, you know, three to four years. Yeah, I'm with you. I kind of feel the same way. Moving on with you, uh, with your career, and in 2011, you made the jump across the big pond, right? To play in Portugal and Hungary. Um, you finished third with, I want to pronounce, mis don't want to mispronounce it, but I think it's Paso de Ferreira. Good yeah, job, that's it. it right, yeah, so, it's good, yeah. In the Portuguese uh, Primeira League. Uh, what was the most memorable moment for you or best player that, you know, that you, do you face uh, playing in that league? I mean, best moment I would say was uh, I came in. Um, I came in for my first appearance with Paso uh, against Sporting at Sporting. I mean, I, it was I was just walking down that you know walking into the stadium for the first time, and then obviously you see all these you know players that have gone through that through that club, um, and it was just kind of you know it was cool. It was cool to see you know it was um, at that point you're just like man I wish I would have made. The jump a little bit sooner you know um but that, that was awesome that was a cool experience um you know i was with fossils for a year and it was amazing i mean like i tell you like like i said i wish i would have went to europe even portugal i would have I, i wish i would have went to portugal at a younger age so um but learned a lot as a, as a soccer player uh learned a lot uh of myself as, a, as an adult Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Portugal was, was, was amazing. And then that just kind of made me enjoy Hungary and playing for video tone that much more. I mean, you know, just because, you know, I was able to see video tone playing the Europa League. So I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, I knew that it was, an, you know, it was a top club in Hungary fighting for championships, which I was able to win a championship in 2015. Um, and so, Yeah, man, it was, you know, it's things that you I'm able to hopefully one day talk to my children or even or even just young players in Houston uh, that are looking to, you know, play the next level, play professional, just kind of, you know, be a mentor to whoever, you know, quest questions are free. So, you know, if, uh, you know, I always like to, you know, talk to a young player or someone that has ambitions to go and pro. You know, ask away because you know I I didn't have one. I was I didn't have anyone that I could ask those questions to. 
So uh, take advantage of something like that. Yeah, that's funny. This is that my mom always uh, growing up always tells us, you always ask, worst thing they can say is no, right? Sometimes yeah, exactly. uh, that's really all you can get. Um, and, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned Bidiaton and how was the culture in, uh, in Hungary? Uh, did you find yourself like maybe a language barrier as well? Or, you know, I, I, you know, what how, was the passion there in Hungary for their teams? Yeah, you know, uh, Hungary is, uh, it was a different culture. Um, but I, for myself, obviously, clearly there was a language barrier, but um, I, I mean, I even, I mean, I signed myself up for some Hungarian classes, um, but to be quite honest, is is a difficult language to learn. Um, and, but I, I mean, I picked up, I definitely cannot speak it. I can understand maybe like 10%, <laughs> which, which is something good in my eyes. Um, but it was, you know, uh, they're very passionate about, you know, soccer. Um, obviously, a lot of people are still kind of dwelling on, you know, the Pushkas era um, from a long time ago. But, you know, yeah, Hungary has a rich soccer history and, and you can see it from time to time. Are they, are there, do they have pretty big ultras there? Or is uh, it kind of more relaxed? No, they, there's some big ultras. Um, you know, Videotone has, it, you know, it was there in Sekish Fehervar, which was a smaller town, like 45 minutes away from Budapest. Um, I mean, it was, it was good. It was, it was a good size ultra, but I would say um, the biggest one is probably uh, Ferenc Varos and, and then secondly, I would say probably Uipesh, which is kind of like the big uh, derby. Uh, both teams are in Budapest. You know, Ferenc Varos versus Uipesh, and it was just, it was, uh, it was a, uh, it was a good atmosphere to say the least. Cool. I'm going to do a quick stop just to thank our sponsors real quick. Um, located about a mile away from Space Center Houston, find the All Pros Barbershop at 999 East NASA Parkway. Luis and his team will hook you up with a fresh haircut and a cleaner beard trim. Give them a call at 832-240-4267 or book your appointment online via Booksy. And make sure to follow them on Instagram to see their amazing work. Again, that is All Pros Barbershop, changing lives one haircut at a time. So with that, I want to jump to um, Rodrigo wants to go ahead and just talk about the Salvadoran national team, like your experience in CONCACAF with, you know, playing with La Selecta. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I'll be honest. It was, you know, obviously it was a tough decision back in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, went through all the youth national teams for the U.S. and then uh, was left out of the Olympic team. And then Carlos de los Coles was the coach at that time in, in 2009, 2010. And he reached out to me. And he's like, listen, um, we, we've been following you. We, we love the way you play. I think you're a player that's going to Um, that can help us a lot. And, you know, both of your parents are Salvadorian, so automatically you have a Salvadorian citizenship. And so, you know, I, I was able to kind of sit back, talk to, you know, talk to my parents, my family. Um, I even talked to like Sin Puegos, uh, you know, some former um, Selecta players and just kind of, you know, pick their brains and everything. And, but to be honest, man, it was, It was probably one of the best decisions. Um, the love and the appreciation that I got from, you know, from going to play for, for the El Salvador national team, it's something that I could have never imagined. I mean, just, you know, I just felt that, um, you know, I, it, was, it was a feeling that I can't describe because they just, 
appreciate me as a soccer player, but then also as a person. So it was, I mean, overall, it was just a, an amazing experience. Right. And um, yeah, like with that, I just wanted to follow up on a, a couple of things there. But um, so with El Salvador, did you feel more like like more people were getting to know the MLS because of you? Or, you know, like that experience of like, hey, we just got this player that he played in the U.S. and, uh, and you know, great player. And now they get to play for their country. You know, is that is there because what me and Rudy would when we started this, we see a lot of kids, you know, they come to from other countries and end up playing in the U.S. But for you, it's a little bit different because, you know, you're born in Houston, have the chance to play with the U uh, teams in the U.S. And then you get this huge opportunity to play for um, El Salvador national team. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, there had been some American players um, that had gone to to go play professionally in El Salvador. And then eventually some of them did get some caps with El Salvador. Um, but you're right, I was kind of like the first one kind of doing the opposite. Um, you know, going from the U.S. to El Salvador. Um, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, uh, El Salvador already had some legendary players playing in the MLS. Uh, so the, 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 the El Salvador as a, as a country, they, they knew MLS. I mean, Cienfuegos play, Cerritos, uh, Diaz Arce, um, Sarco Rodriguez. I mean, they, 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 there was a good number of players that came, uh, Eliseo Quintanilla. Um, I mean, top, top quality players from El Salvador came to MLS. So MLS was already known to, to the Salvadorian community. Um, and then it was just, you know, I was just another, you know, player coming from the U.S., you know, to play for El Salvador and, and just try my best and do my best. And, uh, you know, I think I, I, I did that. I, I obviously, you know, as a as a soccer player, you, you you know, you give it your best. At sometimes you wish you could have done more. I wish I could have played in a World Cup with them. Um, 2010 was actually very close. Um, but, you know, those are just things that you can't control sometimes. I know, and it's exciting, you know, playing for your national team. Um, and they, that gave you the opportunity to be in uh, two Gold Cups, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe you scored your first goal with um, La Selecta in 2011 against Cuba. Um, take us through that. So how, how did you feel, you know, um, giving it all with your country and being able to, you know, make an um, impact with them as well? Yeah, I mean, that goal was actually, uh, Cheo Quintanilla assisted me on that goal. It was against Cuba. Um, you know, it was, it felt great. You know, it was, uh, I had been really close. You know, I've been, you know, uh, I, it was almost kind of like knocking on that, on that goal door for quite some time. Um, and so it felt good to get that first one off, uh, off my shoulders. Uh, but it was, you know, it was a great experience. It was the Gold Cup. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, like I said, I, you know, I wish I, you know, could have played longer with them, you know? Even though I did play a long time with them, it's kind of like, oh man, I wish I would have started this process from, you know, since I was like 18 years old or something like that. Um, but it, it was great, man. I can't, you know, I have nothing but great memories. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, I'm lucky, you know, I feel, I, 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 you know, it was a blessed uh, soccer career, so. No, I mean, great accomplishments. Yeah, like like you mentioned, you, you, you might not feel like you played a lot, but 50 caps for a national team or almost 50. I mean, that, that's, you know, not many players get to do that. Some players, you know, they only get five and that's it. Um, but for you, you know, you also play a couple friendlies. Um, is there any game or any team that you, you face that you thought like, that it, it just stands out, you know, um, in your playing career? Any players that you uh, face in the international um, 
mad, Man, but kind of sense out more. Yeah, we, we, you know, we, uh, there was a time there where El Salvador did have some great, um, some great friendlies. Um, and I would say that probably the two teams, I mean, I, all the competitions were great, all the, all the friendlies, all the Gold Cups, but I would say probably the two teams that really stood out the most was 2015, we played Chile, um, right before the, the, the Copa America uh, in Chile. And then, um, and then I would say, actually not too long ago, the year uh, 2018, we had a friendly against Brazil in Washington. Um, and I think those two teams were probably, uh, probably the best, the best teams that I've played against. Right. It was kind of hard to keep up with something. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, but, you know, um... it was just, uh, it, you know, it was just, um, you know, when you get to that, that level, I think with those guys, I mean, they don't, they don't really forgive you in their opportunities. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, these teams, they, they obviously capitalize on any opportunity they get. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it was fun. Uh, actually, Chile, we only lost 1-0. Um, so, but with, uh, uh, with Brazil, they just, you know, I think we lost 5-0, if I'm not, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, they just, uh, you know, sometimes soccer's like that, man. It's like, you know, it's it just, they come out and they score everything that, that, that they shoot. And there's some other games where <laughs> the ball doesn't go in for them, so. <laughs> right, and I think fans all over the world understand that. I mean, we've seen Mexico lose against Chile 7-1, I think. And we've seen Brazil lose against Germany, you know, in a World Cup as well, by 7-2. <laughs> so it happens. Um, and lastly, I guess, you know, to kind of close this, um, your national team experience. So you got to be the captain, you know, as we know in soccer, that's the biggest thing you can achieve in the um, uh, national team. How was that for you? Did you feel like you were already a leader to your team? Um, was it a, was there pressure behind it being the captain or was it just more relaxed of you know what you're doing and the team was just behind you? You know, it, it was, uh, obviously it's, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was an honor to, 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 you know, to be the captain for, for El Salvador in 2015 in the Gold Cup. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I just, uh, in that sense, I appreciate the coaches and the players uh, for, you know, for, for believing in me and trusting me that I could be that leader. Um, I myself, I'm not a big talker. And so my, uh, my way of thinking is just kind of do, you know, do your talking on the field. Um, and so I'll be quite honest, whenever I was the captain um, for that Gold Cup and moving forward for, you know, for, for other games, um, it, it motivated me to really leave it all on the field. I mean, to, I mean, this is, like no excuses kind of way, you know? So, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was an honor to, to do that. I mean, it was one of the highlights of my career, you know, knowing that um, I had that responsibility and that trust from, you know, my peers. I, I think that's the best acknowledgement that you can get. Of course. No, and it, it's exciting. So, we're, we're, sorry, I was gonna finish this up. <laughs> and everybody's also excited. We'll, we'll bring it back to a little bit of the MLS and closing out your career. Um, but I just want to say, so you, you're the perfect example of like what we're trying to build here with um, crossing soccer borders, a homegrown kid from the U.S., Houston, Texas, more specifically, playing across the world, playing for your national team and being the captain. You know, as a little kid, that's kind of what you go out, like you said, playing in the field and you're just thinking, you know, you're scoring that winning goal with your, your national team. And you basically had a fulfilled, you know, career with all that. And um 
and and that's what we're trying to make here. You know, we're trying to highlight you know players like yourself and and those players that make um, soccer be more of an experience and and. People don't realize, you know, what, how many sacrifices go into being a soccer player, um, starting at 17 years old and then, you know, finishing up in your hometown um, has to be, you know, quite an experience. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I was only with the Dynamo for a year um, and it was not, a, it was not a good year for the team or for myself. Um, so I wish that would have went differently because, um, you know, obviously I always wanted to represent my city. Uh, the best way possible. Um, but, you know, some things, like I said before, you know, there's some things that you can control and other things you can't. Um, but, you know, I think it's a good, you know, podcast you guys got going on. Um, you know, you could also see it where, you know, I feel like California has a lot of players where, you know, they're kind of go unseen mm -hmm. and then they go to Mexico and then they, you know, they play for, you know, Tijuana or they play for like a Pumas. And then they come back and you're like, oh, well, you know, this guy's never played, but now he's, now he's playing for the U.S. national team, you know? So it's, um, and then now, now you start seeing more where, um, at least in Houston, some, you know, there's a lot, there's a big Salvadorian community um, and there's kids that are born here and want to go play for El Salvador, want to go play for Honduras or Guatemala or, you know, Costa Rica. So, um, you know, there's even been, there's, there's been some, you know, some players that have gone through San Jacinto that have, you know, have played for Costa Rica and the national team and onto World Cups and stuff like that. So that's just, you know, that's those are just cool stories that uh, are kind of, you know, not a lot of people hear about. And yeah, man, I think you guys are, uh, you, you guys have, have something good going for, for, for yourself. Hey, and uh, I know you did mention 2018, which ended up being your last pro year. But uh, I think some people don't realize too that, you know, you kind of shocked the, some or you shocked a lot of us you know retiring at 33 years old but you did play like over 15 years i mean that that's a huge amount of years you know obviously you started very young but was it a tough decision to make or you know what's it you know you did win a u.s open cup to finish out playing with the hometown team did that maybe make it a little easier knowing that you kind of went full circle and you know was able to kind of have something with the home with Houston um yeah I mean obviously winning wi winning was great but it was just uh I mean it was you always want to win jo uh, trophies right I, as a team and yeah winning the 2018 uh Open Cup was 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 amazing uh especially winning winning something with your club team with your home team uh hometown team is it, it's unreal right but um it was just uh yeah man it was it was it was a very tough decision it felt like it wasn't at that time, but then like that that little bit of like three, six months afterwards, you know, you start getting all these crazy thoughts. Um, but, you know, to that extent, you know, I couldn't ask for a better wife, a better family to kind of help me, you know, get through it. Um, and even like, and, and even former uh, MLS players, you know, uh, Brian Chang and, you know, I still talk to, you know, to Chang, to, you know, Bobby Boswell, you know, that small group of former players in MLS that are still here in Houston. Um, it, but it, it was tough. Uh, it was tough. But like you said, I did play, you know, I played for 16 years. And I just, you know, there was a little bit of me that I wasn't happy with 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 soccer anymore, you know. So it was kind of like, where do I go to now? Do I keep pursuing it? Do I do not? Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, 
soccer career is a short one, uh, and for me to play for 16 years, I think it was a it was a, a, a damn good run. Um, won trophies, you know, in a lot of places. Um, I was able to captain my national team, so it, you know, I, I I now looking back, um, I can sit back and smile and say that it was uh, it, it it was fun, it was amazing, and I wouldn't change it for any other thing. Yeah, I mean, like it's outstanding man an outstanding career i mean we who would not dream of you know somebody would tell you hey you're gonna be professional for 16 years i think that's that's incredible and and you know focusing on the growth on concacaf i think the you know since you came to the professional scene with mls there's only 10 teams right and when you left in 2018 there's 24 and obviously continues to grow and i think you know mls growing and still expanding it shows how, like, the growth of CONCACAF, because you mentioned, you know, a lot of players from El Salvador come here. You know, we have, like, Darwin Seren uh, playing with Houston Dynamo and a bunch of, you know, obviously we had Albert Elise come here, uh, Romero Kyoto. Yeah. So there's a lot of people from Central America coming to, you know, this league, and, and it just keeps growing. And, I mean, obviously now it attracts even people from South America. So it's just going to keep growing. And it just, again, it goes to show how CONCACAF continues to grow. In 10 years... It's been so different, but um, I'm, we're pretty much talking about your soccer career. But I think Rodrigo has a few questions for you, uh, just to end this. Okay. So, um, so Arturo, now that you're into the retirement life, um, how's that going? You know, are you still involved in soccer in any way, or are you just watching uh, mostly? You know, from the sidelines now. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm not, I'm not coaching or doing anything like that. I, you know, I got into real estate, got my real estate license. Um, and so my wife was in real estate uh, while, you know, while I was playing. Um, so I, you know, I knew that it would be an easier transition to go from soccer to something that maybe, you know, my wife can kind of guide me through. Uh, and it's been great. Uh, I love it. I'm enjoying it. Um, and it's, it's taught me a lot about myself, you know, as an adult, uh, as a business person. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I'm starting to get that itch to kind of get involved with soccer. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I know that I, I want to stay close to the game. So I'm, I'm trying to find a way to, to kind of find what that is, you know, and, and bridge that gap. So, uh, but I definitely want to do something in soccer. Um, and yeah, man, I miss it. I mean, it gave me, it gave me a lot. So, Hey, um, let me just butt in real quick. Um, yeah, and feel free to, you know, no chain plug at all, man. If you want to, like, uh, talk about your business or, you know, give a name out for people to, you know, look you up, feel free. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean you know, it's, uh, you know, just, uh, it's been great. You know, I've been helping. Actually, I'm kind of like the, it's funny, I think someone says, like, kind of like the unofficial realtor of the Dynamo, you know, because, um, you know, I was able to, you know, I'm able to help some of the new players that come in, um, you know, help them with their with their living situation um and it's and it's it's easy for me because i went through it you know i i, I got traded i went through you know i know exactly what the process is like so um it's been it's been fun you know working with some you know some of the players that i've helped in, uh, in the past um but yeah you know you can follow me you, you can find me on my instagram page uh rdr um 12 or arturo.alvarez realtor and then you know just we can i can share them with you after and uh i guess I'll, I'll i'll jump in um just lastly do you follow any teams at all like you know soccer wise do you is there teams that you 
kind of like maybe like oh you know saturday let me watch this this team play or is that something that you know doesn't really happen for you as much no i do man i <laughs> man i try to watch all my former teams yeah <laughs> uh you know obviously i you know i still know some of the guys that that play on those teams um it's funny every year as every year goes by it's, it's less and less and less <laughs> um But yeah, I you know I watch a lot of I still watch a lot of soccer. Um, you know, obviously it's something that I'm always gonna do. Uh, my wife might not like it as much, but you know I'm always gonna you know I'm always gonna watch soccer. I enjoy it. Um, and then uh, you know it's just you know soccer just kind of brings people together. So you know it's a it's a way to um, you know to even you know find more business and, and kind of you know stuff like that so yeah i'm definitely watching soccer um and as much as i can obviously the big teams you know champions league final coming up uh do you have a yeah, favorite for that um i think it's gonna be a tough game uh you know i think man city is the better team right now but um you know in soccer and and then also chelsea kind of knows them really well and so i i think it's, it could go either way to be quite honest but i do think man city is a strong team thank you guys for having me Um, and obviously, I, I wish you guys all the best. And uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are going to have some some cool uh, guests on your on your podcast. And uh, I'll definitely be another person listening to listening to. So hey, and with that, thank you again, Arturo, for your time. Uh, we hope our listeners enjoy learning more about you and your amazing story. And remember, keep crossing soccer borders. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you have suggestions for an episode or you want to be featured, reach out to us on Twitter at Borders Soccer and at Crossing Soccer Borders on Instagram. Thanks again and see you next time.